0: This is Get More Done, a You Can Book Me podcast. My name is Ben Dikevich. Each episode, I have the privilege to talk with folks from a variety of different industries to learn how they structure their days, leverage automation, and essentially do more with less. My hope is that you will learn something that I have on how to do a bit better each day to get more done. On this episode, I pinned down the globe trotting accountant Alex Falcon Huerta. Alex started a digital first accounting company in 2015 with the mission on being fully remote and able to work from anywhere. Her firm, Soaring Falcon, has grown by leaps and bounds since then, and most recently, she co-founded Smart Offshore, a company based in Sri Lanka that helps other firms outsource their accounting to a team of ACCA-qualified professionals. During our conversation, she shares how technology has helped her scale her business and how she manages her remote team. Enjoy. Welcome back to the Get More Done podcast, where we talk about all things productivity and crushing of goals. On today's episode, I'm sitting down with Alex Falcon Huerta, the CEO and founder of the Soaring Falcon Accountancy and the co-founder of Smart Offshore. So uh, Alex, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hey, welcome. How are you? Thank you for having me on here.
0: Yeah, I'm doing great. I'm excited to to talk with you and learn everything about the accounting world in these 30 minutes and everything that you're, you've been you've been crushing. So when we first start these conversations, we start with an icebreaker. And the question for you is if you could put anything on a billboard that others would see, what would it be?
1: Um, for me, it would probably be me like, like cruising the world with like my laptop and the beach and the sunsets and everyone seeing what an amazing lifestyle I have, remote working, living in this digital world and living my best life. <laughs>
0: And and where would that billboard be at if you had to pick a place? Bali. <laughs> Bali. So the billboards in Bali or the pictures in Bali?
1: The billboard would be in Bali. Because <laughs> then everybody nice. would have to see it there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Be like, this is our backdrop every day. We we understand. But so yeah, speaking speaking of that, you're looking at your Instagram feed, you are, you know, an award-winning jet setting accountant. So how has remote working opened the world up for you? I think, you know, when I
1: set the business up back in 2015, my ultimate goal was to essentially travel the world um, and just to see as much as possible. And I didn't want to have a a job where I was going to be stuck and tied to a desk. So I pretty much put everything in place to uh, be digital and to work remotely. So it's taken me all this time to achieve that goal. And even though we've had like a neg- negative impact from COVID, it's actually strengthened my processes and systems, and it's allowed me to do that even more so. Um, and so, you know, I'm I'm obviously making the most of it. Before COVID, I did travel, but after COVID, um, I'd say we're post COVID now. I'm a- I'm able to put my other travel plans into place. So I think for me, it's quite exciting to be able to work extremely hard to deliver to my clients, but also have the best of both worlds and live my best life by traveling to countries that I've always wanted to visit.
0: Yeah. And when you are traveling and and working, are you seeing any, any issues with, with getting like internet connection or being able to stay focused with all of the new exciting things that you're experiencing?
1: I mean, there's been, of course, there's been interruptions. And of course, I'm not going to, you know, you know, paint this like amazing picture. I mean, you have issues when you're overseas, but you equally have issues when you're here. Um, I'm in the UK at the moment. Um, But yeah, we've had, uh, there was times where uh, my Wi-Fi wasn't so great, but I'd always try, like my hardest to kind of build um, my work around, Um, like being, if I knew I had a meeting, for example, I would try be in a really like, in a place where you have like really excellent internet speed, like in a co working space in a meeting room. But if I knew, for example, I was going to travel away for the weekend and go somewhere where I haven't been for a while, and it's going to be completely remote, then I'd know, okay, don't book any meetings for that weekend. And um, just let everyone aware that I'm going to be away. So yeah, there are Um, there are times where essentially it's not going to be hundred percent great, but if you can put in things in place in the first place to eliminate issues, you can only do your best. But the funny thing was when I came back from Bali and I came home, uh, back into the UK, I had meetings booked in and I planned in to have like quite important meetings and my internet went down at home. So it was just like, well, there was nothing I could have done about it. That You're going to have those issues wherever you are. It's, there's a perception that if you're abroad, that it's, you're going to have those issues anyway. So yeah, it's, it is a juggling act. But I think uh, once, once you've traveled around, you can see that the country is geared up uh, for remote workers. And there's so many digital nomads around all doing the same thing.
0: Yeah. And and have you kind of gotten into some like inner circle of digital nomads where you have like a club started or something?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, I've got involved in so many. One of the first things I did was, um, you know, research Facebook groups, LinkedIn groups. um, You know, usually when I um, go into the the countries, I'm already part of a nomad nomad group. um, And, you know, to start chatting on those and get to know people. So when I do go into a country, you kind of got people that you can meet up with straight away and actually it's one of the most important things that you should do is to network and have those those people around you because they've been there they've done it they're going to give you the information straight away and it also enables me to help other people when they want to come over Um, and building I have built I joined uh, Big Tribe Bali as soon as I um, entered Bali which was an entrepreneurial circle and with digital nomads Um, and yeah, you just learn so much about things that you need to do, things that you need to put into place. Um, so building the network network around you when you go into another country is one of the key things.
0: Yeah. That makes total sense of having that support system kind of baked into your travels to ease some of that, uh, transition and and help you kind of acclimate to all of that. So, so Alex, walk, walk us through life before this. I mean, what were you doing before you started your, your accounting business?
1: Um, so, ah, oh, so before I started my accounting firm um so the cloud technology came out um- you, you know just maybe around two thousand and nine ten um so I was working like in a small firm in the practice um I remember it being winter time and driving to work and it was pitch black, going into the office, had an office with no windows. Um, I had all this paperwork next to me, piles and piles of paperwork. And I remember processing all this stuff manually um onto like a desktop computer um uh, computer software and then getting to say four or five o'clock and then leaving the um leaving the office and it being pitch black. And I just felt like, wow, like is this what my life is about? I spent all these years Um, to be a qualified accountant and sit 14 horrendous exams. Um, And I feel like I'm in a kind of like warehouse situation where I'm just like, I've got information on the left of me, I process it and then I put it to the right of me and then it moves on to the next phase and it gets sent out to the client or the next person. And I just thought, wow, what am I doing? You know, this is, is this what all these exams, this pain, blood, sweat and tears, this is where it's taken me um and so it took me to a situation where i needed to reevaluate where i wanted to be in my future where does the future of accounting, what does that look like? Do I escape it completely or do I find out more about what is out there for me to actually make those changes? And firstly, it was about my work that I was doing. And secondly, it was about my lifestyle and coming home. And it was quite a dark moment because I didn't want to continue that lifestyle. What was important to me? What was important to, you know, my future? Um, And so I looked into and I found out and I learned about cloud technology Um, And at the time, you know, people were so against it and they didn't really understand um, the cloud technology and people were scared. They thought about security issues. They thought about everything negative. Why not to use it? Whereas on my side, I was like, this is the future. This is going to change my career. This is going to change everything about what I do. If I can learn more about this cloud stuff, which at the time I wasn't aware of it, what it was, then this could be a game changer for me. So essentially I was, I would like look at all the different projects and all of the different um, things I would do for clients and what products and what software that I can start to implement to make a change from manual process into automation, into an automated process. So I'll start off with the, um, the process and then what would be the delivery? So if it was, for example, um, signed paperwork, In the past, it would be sent out by post or even emailed. A client would be expected to either print it, sign it, scan it back in or print it, sign it and post it. Either way, it sounds horrendous. Well, to me, if that was me, um, really long winded process. And essentially, you might not even get that paperwork back and then you end up chasing time and time again. Um, until when something is really urgent or desperate, where the client will go, right, I need to get the information into the accountant. So there was a number of these issues in different areas of, of a business or for a client where I thought there must be a better way, there must be a quicker way, researched everything and thought, wow, if I implemented this product, this product, this product, if I made sure that I can work from a laptop, then essentially I can build a company that was gonna make massive improvement, not just for my clients, but for myself as well. Um, And so that's when I thought, right, I'm gonna launch soaring Falcon. So soaring Falcon was launched back in 2015, but it took me maybe a year of research because back then we didn't have all of the technology available for all of the areas. And over the years, since 2015, I've implemented products gradually as they've been developed. So people have seen a gap in the market for accountants and thought, wow, I'm going to develop it, which has been great. So it, over the time, it's got better and better and stronger and stronger. Um, so eventually I then launched um, Soren Falcon and look back at my life and think, wow, thank God I'm not in that company now where I'm just seeing dark skies and and feel like I'm working in a factory. <laughs> that's not where, that's exa- exactly why I didn't become a qualified accountant. <laughs>
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I can picture that, you know, image of just like this black and white or like gray overtones. And then once you break free, the color comes back to the image and you're just, you know, kind of uh, a bit happy. Was it was it all sunshine and rainbows when you when you started? I mean I was just I I literally I went to New Zealand I was
1: like I'm going to New Zealand (laughs) like my first trip as soon as I as soon as I launched the company and I was like wow I'm living my dream I'm literally working remotely in another country and I'm able to deliver the services still um, to my clients um, at the time back in the UK but I built an amazing amazing network at that in the early, early stages and an international na- network when I did my first trip. So it was hundred percent rainbows everywhere.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, so you talked, you know, a lot about like technology as the backbone of your, your operation. So, and you put touched on briefly and just how technology has changed. What are you able to do now that you weren't able to do when you first started back in 2015?
1: Oh, so in 2015, I mean, I use a product called Xero, um, which is a global product now. Um, and so it was really the accounting software, like the bookkeeping software that, that was mainly available for like accountants. And then um, slowly, like I added um, like Dext, which is like an invoice um, product um, where you take pictures or you scan it in. Um, and then they had like Go Cardless, which was like a direct debit um, take a, a payment system where it automates the payments that comes directly into my bank per month because I've got a monthly subscription model. So I've got like a SaaS model business rather than a traditional accounting business model. Um, so there was only a few handful of products. There's probably about five that linked into Xero. Zero has the open API, which um, helped me implement as many like software tools as possible. But over the years, the amount of systems that I'm able to implement now that has just made my life easier and to help onboard clients. Um, for example, before I used to like 2015, I used to have to manually like do my quotes, email out the quotes, then they'll sign up the direct debit process, which at the time was amazing because before they'd have to manually sign a direct debit form and post it to you with a, with a, or like a wet signature. Um, so the process at the time was great. But now I have like a proposal system where the the letter of engagement, which also was done manually, is posted out to um, my clients. They sign it digitally, but they also accept the direct debit form, which then also creates the invoice into the software, which then also automates statements and letters if there are any issues with them like defaulting or whatever. So it's gone from something that might've taken me 15 minutes to something that takes me two minutes. So I'm always looking for ways to like find improvements. And it goes beyond that because I now implement Zapier and Slack. So Zapier then takes the information from the software, from the, the quoting software, so Practice Ignition, and it slacks it, it zaps it into Slack. So my team then get a notification of the proposal and all the services that we provide and the next steps that they need to do. So I'm just going to try, I do get a bit trigger happy with um, some of the automation, but I don't know, it excites me. So <laughs> I'm going to keep
0: doing it. Right. I think you and I are in that that group together because I, I love connecting the dots and making things work faster and better and more informative for everybody. That's really cool. So you, you talked about, about your team there and I assume your team's all fully remote. So how do you how do you manage that? You know, how, how has that been going?
1: Yeah, so I mean, at the beginning, it was really challenging for me because um, I was this like like uh, innovative firm, and uh, I was trying to find uh, accountants who knew about digital. It was really challenging. So um, we've had um, some staffing issues. To eventually now to a point where I um, created a company in Sri Lanka. um, Well, co-founded a company, and uh, we've created. We've now hired like fully qualified ACCA accountants, um, and i the how it works for me is because i have the co-founders in the other company they help me manage the team but we then also implemented we have slack for communication um we also uh, we have like a whatsapp group where we can chat and have like banter as well outside of work um but equally we have a product called hubstaff um and hubstaff is like uh, it manages um it manages like a uh, when the team might like, log in and it captures, it does screenshots. It it um cre- you can see like the efficiencies and the productivity, um and like what people are working on. And actually, not just for soaring Falcon, but it's actually really good to report back to the customers on how on the productivity of the staff to let them know, hey guys, these are working at eighty percent. You know, is this acceptable for you, or is it fifty percent? Has there been any changes or anything strange happening in that week that we need to be aware of? So or vice versa like it can be used as any type of tool like either for the client or for internal purposes um, so there are obviously um things that you, you need to be careful of because we're not there to like check up on every single thing or to micromanage but you do sometimes need to understand that you know people are paying for a service and they expect a delivery so there are certain things that you have to like put into place like hub staff i don't really believe in timesheets i think they're quite challenging um, because, you know, people make timesheets up and I've come from a background of traditional firms where they used to make us do timesheets and I used to hate it. And I think I you know, I'm not saying I used to like be dishonest on the timesheet, but it was really hard to track when you're flipping f- between a hundred projects and anything like people who work like myself, I don't necessarily just work on one thing at a time. I'll get something done, but then I'm quickly on to the next task and I wouldn't necessarily record it on the timesheet. So I try and think about all the things that I used to do when I used to work and I try and implement that in the best possible way, but in an efficient way with people who then work for us.
0: Yeah, totally. The hub staff, um, I mean it sounds a little big brothery, but if it's not as intrusive and it's not, you know, keeping people from uh stopping working with you, then then keep it up. But um so you don't have like a keylogger on there and be like, Well, you didn't answer that message fast enough, so you're getting demoted. No.
1: No, that's what Slack does. <laughs> not
0: joking. <laughs> yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, we have lots we have a few bots set up in Slack, so And emails and like tracking on emails and things like that. So I think again, it's it's really about the delivery and just making sure that people understand like the cultures and how we work um, and how uh, the expectation of uh, what we're delivering. So we don't want to be uh, a a, we're a service provider. We want to try and be responsive as much as possible. So you do have to implement some things in any business. Um, We'd be naive to say, oh no, we don't need anything. Because any large corporate organization would clearly understand that when you have a service organization and you're charging, you know, for the the hour or for a service and you need to have some KPIs in place so you can keep track.
0: Right. That ledger of work completed and, and all of that, it makes, it makes total sense. So, you know, with, with you know, having a remote team, doing some outsourcing is that what, what led you to, to kind of co-found that smart offshore that you couldn't find accountants that knew the web that were accessible, you know, throughout the world?
1: So I think, um, yeah, going back to the early days, it was quite challenging to find somebody that was really high end, that would really understand the technology. Um, and at the time as a startup, it wasn't something that was in my reach to pay for a really high end person. Um, but also having graduates, I thought, okay, fine. If I teach them the process, then, um, then it's like, oh, they're, they're going to love the technology. It's going to be amazing. But then there was no um, like business experience, business acumen. And so it was really challenging because all of a sudden I was gaining all these really cool clients, but then I didn't really have the infrastructure in place to be able to build my company. And it was kind of built just with just me in the background, just like trying to do everything. Like I was like, Paddling like a like a duck underwater, like paddling really fast to try and keep on top. Um, and it was it was really, really hard. So I was just trying to find this like balancing situation where it's like, I need somebody who's gonna be really good at accounting, and I also need somebody who's been understand the technology that we use today so that we can deliver to the clients. Because the clients that we were taking on were tech were tech companies, so they were SaaS models. So they didn't want to go to a traditional firm. And I'd been promoting in Falcon is with this like efficient, with this like accounting, like cloud accountants, like we use all the same technology you do. So I couldn't then say to one of the team, oh, you can't really post stuff out to the clients because that's not really how we work. So we need to actually like meet the vision of what I'm promoting. So it was quite challenging. And so eventually I spoke to, uh, I think about a year ago, I spoke to um, Naja Hassan, who are based in Sri Lanka. Um, And they actually got in touch with me through Instagram um, and uh, the conversation at the beginning was like, oh, like, do you want to trial us? Um, I was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Because I, at the same time, needed some sort of business continuity because I was already trialing a company in the Philippines um, and they would have uh, storm issues. They would have like weather issues. And um, it was actually more than what I thought. Um, you expect downtime, but it, it shouldn't have been that much downtime. And so I needed to find another solution where um, I couldn't then put like, I still needed to have the business continuity and not have like the business put at risk when there was something, the whole team would then be down at one time. Um, so when I reached out to like Hassan and Naja in Sri Lanka, um, they were like, look, we'll trial a couple of people and see how we get on. But one of the most important things was ACCA have a head office in Sri Lanka And the team that we have are ACCA qualified. And because I'm an international ACCA advocate and I sit on the International Assembly Board, it was actually really important for me to keep that brand going and to make sure that we have high end people who can deliver the same level as what I can um, without having to give them all the training. So they might need basic training on something, but essentially we should be able to give them the work and they'll be able to deliver even high end strategic work as well. So most of the people in Sri Lanka have worked for high-end, um, like top twenty um, companies. Um, so it's a refreshing change for them to come into um, a fun, smart offshore company uh, because they then are working like in, with the English culture. For them, it's really exciting and it's change and it's a change. Um, so it was a really good fit for us. It worked both ways. Hassan and Naja, amazing. They run the team in Sri Lanka. Uh, we've grown from. You know, from a team of like I think one or two in August to now a team of thirty five, Um so it's it's growing quite quite rapidly. And that's not for Soren Falcon. We deliver to other accountants as well, so other accountants really enjoy the experience. Then they add on a new team member, so it seems to kind of be a really cool model. So I really I'm really really enjoying this whole journey.
0: That that growth over that short period of time is, is amazing. So, I mean, how does a business that might be interested in doing some of this delegation get started working with Smart Offshore? How does that look?
1: I mean, yeah, this is all like, uh, it's all, again, like we didn't expect this um, this growth so, so quickly. So we needed to prepare ourselves. Uh, but, yeah, so we do have like a like hello at smartoffshore.lk email address. Um, we have LinkedIn page. Um, and a website and instagram for people to get in touch and obviously you can check out the stories as well on instagram which are quite cool um, but yeah so just to get in touch with myself directly um i'm uh, happy to put people in touch uh, so it's alex at soaring pretty okay i'm sure you'll be putting the contact details on here anyway but yeah
0: absolutely always yeah, happy
1: we- to help any accountant <laughs> who needs a an amazing team behind them
0: yeah, I guess, you know, since you have worked in the, the outsourcing space and, you know, your second company is doing that, what are some some tips for people that are considering, you know, working with outside partners or outside vendors?
1: I guess, you know, it's uh a, a lot of people um when they when they have a business, um, it's really easy to just keep everything to yourself and to try and manage everything to and to think you can do it better um if you just k- If you outsourced it or you gave it to somebody else, not necessarily like offshoring, but you think that you're going to do it quicker and faster. But actually, if you want to grow a business and you want to expand, you have to start to delegate and you have to let go of some of those tasks and have a really good process. Um, So we use a product called Confluence um, and we have our, our, our wiki, our how to per client and per process and per everything. So if you build on your processes when you go to offshore, And to use an offshore company and they have your processes exactly how you want it, then they're going to follow that process. So it's going to be that that process step coming away from you to somebody else is going to be that much more easier. Um, So if you want to grow and you want to expand, you can't keep everything. You have to start building your team around you. And obviously the costing side of it is relatively cheaper than the UK um and so that was like a big thing for me because i could have more team members at high level um as opposed to a couple of people in the uk um or or even juniors so there's a massive massive difference
0: right having that detailed process ironed out so someone can take it on because otherwise you know it's going to be a waste of money because they're not going to do it how you envisioned it because it's not clearly clearly defined so I had a question for you that's a little, a little kind of off base, but what's something that many people get wrong about accountants?
1: Oh man, there's so many. I <laughs> think they're boring. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, when people used to say to me, or even still now, like, oh, so what do you do? And I'm like, I'm an accountant. Like that face instantly is like, oh, okay. They're going to be really boring or. Or they think, oh, you don't look like a traditional accountant. What does that mean exactly? Um, yeah. So and, and then, they, they, then they have conversations like about tax and like, uh, oh, can I claim this? Can I claim that? And I think essentially, you know, when you speak to an accountant, it's like we I, I mean, I have the best of best life, really, because I get to see how other businesses grow. Um, I get to see, you know, their systems, their processes, what works, what doesn't work Um, I I get to see like their personal lives, their ups, their downs, their highs, their lows. Um, I'm involved quite a lot into, you know, uh, when I think when it comes to like the most trusted person that people have, most people call their accountant. It's not necessarily about work stuff, but they just want your opinion about something. Um, But it's like we it's not just about tax and about compliance. It's more to it. And it's about the growth and the development. And so it's it's like I think accountants they just essentially have like we've just been tarnished with this like this brush of oh my, they're terrible people or they're really boring but I think if you dig deeper into what an accountant can essentially provide it's it goes above and beyond that and it's like you know if you need tips and things on business or systems and processes like and you want to grow a business they're the questions that you should be asking um, rather than tax questions
0: yeah, exactly. You are definitely breaking the mold of accountants for sure, with uh, you know, bebopping around the world and and doing doing the great remote stuff. So, speaking of uh, processes themselves, what's what's um, a process that that saves you saves you a ton of time?
1: I mean, every product that I've implemented, there's like there's over fifty. Uh, so, I'd say a ton of time. I'd say uh, Practice Ignition is probably one of the best products I've implemented because that really did change a lot of the stuff for me personally um, in terms of onboarding a client um, where I mentioned before, like it was my proposal software and engagement software um, and it takes the payments and I can use Slack and Zapier and everything like that to just make it as efficient as possible. Um, But it was definitely a game changer, especially when they never had the payment side at the beginning um, and then they changed it to have a payment process later on. So they're constantly developing and making our lives easier. So it's definitely a game changer.
0: Awesome. And what about your own personal productivity? How do you manage to to do everything you do every day?
1: I have an amazing team. <laughs> so, yeah, it's definitely the support that I have in the background. Um, and again, like learning that delegation. Um, And booking in time for myself, Um, I never used to do that. Uh, But now it's like I book stuff in and I, I, of course, I prioritize the clients. um, But um, it is so important to have time out because we're not robots. We are human um, and we're on this planet for a a limited time. And yes, there is the fundamentals of running a business and taking care of people. But ultimately, if you don't take care of yourself, (laughs) then there's not going to be anything after that you have to take care of yourself before you take care of others and that's a life lesson that i learned over covid um because i think every accountant had like um i don't know they they just got to the end of it because we were working 10 15 hours a day at one point um and it you, you need it's really really important that um you just you know what's the, what the priority is for you personally um and what essentially you need to put ahead and prioritize so it's definitely like taking care of yourself.
0: Yeah, that foundation because if you're not 100%, then everything else will crumble, crumble on top of that. So any other any other big learnings from from the COVID pandemic so far? Uh
1: from the COVID pandemic, I mean there's been so many, and I guess for me, I guess like the only thing would be is just implement technology because if say for example, I didn't have all the technology in place, like I was fortunate that I had everybody was on a cloud accounting software. We were able to plug in a cash flow forecasting tool that um, th- that future for- did future forecasting for the next 12 to 4- 24 months. We were able to run management reporting, do year-end accounts really efficiently. Um, but had I not been ta- cloud or technology, and using technology and if I had to grab loads of paperwork and put everything together and get excel spreadsheets like a traditional firm I wouldn't have been able to deliver as efficiently as most of the accountants would have been able to do because if you're digital you're able to then deliver so we were then able to claim bounce back loans and all these things for our clients and do all their like wages and their furlough claims so I think Having the technology in place and to do things as efficiently as possible is, again, something that is so critical with today's world. Um, And if we came across and if we had another pandemic, I would say that we are already pandemic ready. Um, But if we had another pandemic, then it's not going to be difficult for us to go through that process again and to deliver what we needed to deliver to our clients
0: yeah absolutely and what would you say to maybe a company or an organization that might be reluctant to shift their accounting to to the cloud and being you know adopting new technologies
1: i think if anybody doesn't want to shift then they're just they're going to be constantly filled with uh headache and drama uh because you know the world is digitalized already um and if for example we've got making tax digital which has already kicked in um so with accountants out there it, they're either going to quit or, or retire or they're going to sell their business um but it's it's not going it's not going to change it's actually increasing the technology is increasing i was even standing in the bank queue today with people in front of me who were saying oh did you know it's all going online i don't know what i'm going to do and i felt really terrible because my godmother, who was 74, you know, I had to do everything for her. And it was it, I I feel for those people who are being forced to go um, online. But at the same time, it's, this is how we're working today. And so it's really just having that change of mindset, and just making sure that you feel comfortable enough, or speak to the right people or get the support around you to make those changes. Because if you don't make those changes you're just going to fall behind and it's then the worse situation than even failure which you don't want to do
0: right yeah you need to embrace it or you might you know you're going to get left behind and your business may may shrivel up for sure so so what's what's next for you what are you excited about
1: i'm excited about uh my traveling plans <laughs> as ever as ever and the growth of smart offshore and I also, uh, I also founded like a membership for accountants called the Startup Practice. So I'm really excited to grow that and to you know uh, speak to other accountants and to provide them a support and help them. Um, I kind of enjoy like the advocacy side of things and to spend more time doing that to make sure that everything is good for them. Uh, again, like Soaring Falcon seems to be soaring all the time. So I'm happy with that. And yeah, just I think just to try and get in as much as um, my bucket list as possible in, in the time that I'm spending on this on this world <laughs> basically
0: yeah and what, what's the next thing you're hoping to tackle off of that list
1: um so my trip to Peru going to Machu Picchu and to Rainbow Mountain that's next uh next on my list so uh i read that's like in a couple of weeks time so I'm actually really looking forward to doing that <laughs>
0: Yeah. And we'll be sure to throw up your Instagram so, so everyone can live vicariously through your travels and everything. And it's really <laughs> awesome that you're starting that, that group just to you know give some of your expertise because you, know, you have the blueprint of how to make it happen. So helping some other accountants find that way and build a, a group of surfers that just travel around and just have some fun, it sounds like.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Alex, it was, it was great to talk with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on Get More Done and just to fill us in on how you're able to do everything that you're able to do. And I hope that you have a good rest of your day and you have a good, uh, good rest of your week as well.
1: Thank you, Ben. And thank you very much for having me on this. It was, it's been amazing to share everything with you guys.
0: Yeah, it's been great and safe travels and take care.
1: Okay, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Get More Done. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform to get updates of future episodes. Want to be a guest? Reach out to community at youcanbook.me or visit getmoredone.youcanbook.me. If you or your team want to automate your scheduling, sign up for a free two-week trial at youcanbook.me. What will you do with all the time that you save?